This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to have a look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. And I'm hoping that we can just think on peace and think what it means to us on our day-to-day walk with the Lord. Last week, we pursued love, if you remember, being more like Jesus, having more love. And we saw that Jesus was on mission. And as he was on mission to show more love, he went to Samaria to share good news with what would be considered an enemy of the Jew. And he went to Samaria and there he met a woman who was not living according to what the word would say. And he didn't judge her, he loved her. And this week we want to pursue, if we can, peace. To live in peace. But more than that, even when things aren't peaceful, and that's inevitable, isn't it? That even when things aren't peaceful, that we're peaceful in our hearts, that we have peace. So let's read Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Um, One of my favorite parts of Scripture, really, as Paul um, just breaks into understanding what it is to know what joy is, and in that joy that we find true peace. And in all of this... We're surrounded, as we can see, by the love of Christ. It says in verse uh, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God... And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, as we just look into your word, just for these few moments, that, Father God, you might just help us to just see that you are a God of peace, that, Father, that you created in the first instance everything absolutely perfect. And that's where you wanted us to dwell, in perfection, in your presence. But Father, because of our desire to do the wrong thing, because of our desire to go in the opposite direction, we've since sought out a life that is far from peace. But Father, we know that because you love us, because you want to give us that true joy, that you made a way for us, Father God, to come back into your presence through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in him, Father God, we know that we can find true peace. And in him we can understand as much as is physically possible with the human mind, the peace of God. Father, your word tells us that it's beyond understanding. But Father, we sit here this morning in praise and in thanks for the fact that we can have peace in and through you. Whatever life throws at us, we can have peace. So Father, bless us as we look into your word now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
If you were, if I was to come around the room, and I'll not do this, <laughs> if I was to come around the room and individually ask you, what, what does peace look like for you? What is peace? My thoughts are, and, and maybe I, I'm, I'm wrong, but I would guess that my thoughts would be that each of you would have a different take on what peace is. Often as, uh, as parents of two children, we, we find peace and quiet after eight o'clock because the kids are in bed. And that's a good moment because you can just breathe a little bit and you can just enjoy the fact of a little bit of peace and quiet. And again, as the kids went out this morning, you sort of go, because oh, it just goes a little bit quiet. And, and maybe that's where we think that peace is. And I wonder what your answer would be, where it would take you, what you find peace in or where you think peace is. And I guess there'd be similarities in what we said, but nevertheless, because of the way that we're made, because we are all different, that we would have perhaps a different take on that. And as Christians, perhaps we should maybe think upon that, because I believe that as we look in what the Word and look to what the Word tells us, that the peace that we have should really, as we go around the room, should maybe read exactly the same, that we should know what peace is, what true peace is, where it comes from, and how it's formulated. But again, if we were to just on the spontaneity of of asking the question, perhaps we'd have a different answer. We're taught how to be peaceful, how to live peacefully according to what the word says. And as we read through that, we see it. But straight off the bat, um, that doesn't mean when we try to be peaceful and try to live in peace, it doesn't mean that we're a yes person. Anybody know a yes person? I'm just waiting to see if anybody said yes. (laughs) But, you know, just that I agree, acquiescent agreeable that I just say yes just because it's the easy life that's not peaceful and that's not peace or maybe that as we understand the fact that is uh, that we can find ourselves in the yes we we start to think that that's how we develop peace as a parent the easiest thing to do to a child is say yes I want yes I want yes because that's peace and quiet isn't it The first time you say no, of course, then it all goes crazy. How dare you say no to me? But I believe that being peaceful isn't about being yes or agreeable. But actually, as we look at Jesus, and if we thought that was the answer, we're in for a rude awakening because Jesus is our example. And if he is what peace looks like, then yes and okay don't really fit with him. And the reason that I say that, uh, and remember he's the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9 verse 6, that he's the Prince of Peace, goes into the temple in Jerusalem and turns the tables up in the temple and says, this is not what my father's house is about. I am not going to stand for that. This is not acceptable. This is not right. And he drives out those that are seeking to exhort in the temple and are seeking to do what the temple uh, and to be involved in things that the temple's never designed for. Jesus is not going about going, oh, it's okay. You know, I don't want to upset anybody. But rather, he drives them out. Matthew 21 is where we read that story and you can read it throughout the other gospels as well. But peace isn't a quiet life. Anybody have that as their answer in their head? It's not a quiet life at all. Peace is is found, I believe, from what Scripture tells us, somewhere very different. 
You see, Jesus was standing for what was right. He was about his father's business. Remember, we've looked at this over the last couple of weeks. He's on mission. He's doing what God has called him to do, being on mission for God. He was about his father's business. And I believe this is where we find true peace. And really, we've been in the work now for eight years, and and it, it doesn't seem very peaceful because all sorts happens. Life isn't easy. Being involved in church leadership isn't easy. Being involved in church isn't easy. It's very difficult. And whenever you think about that, you think, well, there's no peace there. And you think of Jesus in this situation. There doesn't seem much peace there, but we can see that Jesus was pursuing a very different peace. And this is the key for us as we live out our lives for the Lord. I believe we find true peace, the peace that we've already read about in Philippians chapter 4, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that, as the word says, transcends all understanding. It's found here. It's found on mission. Let's just have a look at Psalm chapter 36 and verse 7. It's a very beautiful psalm. And the psalmist writes and and just sort of paints a picture for us that whatever life throws at us, regardless what life throws at us in actual fact, that we can have peace and the peace comes from this, knowing full well. It says, how priceless, 36 verse 7, how priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. Think about that. Peace is found in the noise, in the hectic, chaotic sense of our lives. Peace is still found. Why? Because we find refuge, it says, in the shadow of your wings. As a young chick is nestled into its parent's side, the parent would pop over its wing. You've maybe seen the hen do that with its little chicks, that it protects them from the outside influence. That we, I believe, if we're on mission for God, if we're focused on his will, not ours, that's a quick sentence, but that means so much. If we're focused on his will, not ours, then this is where we'll find ourselves. We'll find ourselves in the refuge, in the shadow of his wings, protected, secure in our father's arms. What a wonderful place to be. And what a beautiful analogy, what a beautiful picture that paints for us because we can find this morning that whatever life throws at us, that we find peace in our Father's arms. Jesus found peace in the storm, Mark chapter 4. You'll know the story well. And and he finds peace. Why does he find peace? Even when the disciples are going, ah, we're going to die. It's all crazy. What's going to happen? We're going to sink. The storm's going to overtake us. Oh, it's terrible. You can imagine the noise. Hardened fishermen. So they'd been in storms before. And Jesus is asleep in the bow of the boat. Peace isn't being asleep. Peace is knowing that his father's in control. Peace is knowing that God's got it. Peace is knowing that whatever the storms of life throw at us, that God is in absolute control. He said to his disciples on so many occasions, you have little faith. And in this moment, he says to them, why? Why do you doubt? Where's your faith? And you seem in the moment that that seems a little bit harsh. And surely, I guess, no pun intended, that we're in the same boat. 
We're in the same boat. Why? Well, because for you and me, we find ourselves in the chaotic noise of a storm. And we go, ah, it's terrible. We're drowning. What's going off? Oh, no, the storm's going to overpower us. We're going to sink. Your voices are a lot deeper than mine, but of course. (laughs) And we find ourselves panicking. Why? Because we wouldn't ever audibly say it. We perhaps wouldn't even allow ourselves to think that we've thought it. But what we're thinking deep down in our heart of hearts, God's not in control. It's all gone wrong. He's taken his eye off the ball. Hey, we're supposed to be on holiday, not you. And all of a sudden we think, well, God's had a vacation. We're prone to panic, to think that God has maybe got something wrong. Maybe he's taken his eye off the ball. He's made a wrong decision. Oh, I can't believe it. Like the situation would take God by surprise. We've never thought that, have we? And you can hear Jesus saying, perhaps to you this morning, and as I wrote out this message, I could almost hear the Lord say to me, you have little faith. Because so many times you panic in the storm and you think, oh, and God says, no, listen, Matt, (laughs) I haven't taken my eye off the ball. It's not out of my control. Just know and understand Keep on mission, keep in the refuge and in the shadow of my wing. God does not rest, the psalmist reminds us in Psalm 121. He does not sleep nor slumber. He does not rest. Nothing surprises the creator of the universe. That shouldn't surprise us, should it? (laughs) But nothing surprises the creator of the universe. He's already there in the situation. Well before the situation came about, God was already dealing with it. God had already knew it was coming. He was already putting the stuff in place so that we could deal with it. The grace that we need to get through the storm, that God says, don't worry, you're going to be ready for that. The Bible tells us he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. How can somebody who is the beginning and the end be surprised about anything? He is in absolute control. And we read that in Romans 8 verse 28. Because as his children, the faith comes into play, not that God is in control, but that God is in control and working the situation out for you because you love him. And that seems absolutely mind-bending because how's that possible? But Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good to them that love God. And we find ourselves in situations where illness comes into our life, disease comes into our life, maybe a situation, a broken relationship, maybe some hurt and some pain come into our life and we go, ah! And God says, no, I'm working about this for your good. And you go, how's that possible? I am. You go, Lord, I can't, I can't get it. And we've, we've known people, haven't we? And let's, let's go to the, let's go there. Those people that perhaps have had terminal illness that know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. And you pray that they would get healed. And you go, Lord, why? Heal them. And the Lord calls them home. Tell me how that's not for their good. So difficult with our human thinking, isn't it? That we think the best thing to be is to be on planet Earth. And God says to us, well, I've created a place for you that's perfect, that's without sin, 
that's without tears, that's without mourning, a place that is absolutely perfection. But we hold on to the fragileness of life. And the Lord says to us, I've got perfect for you. I created it for you in the first instance. You walked away from it. But I'm bringing you back. And we don't know often what the Lord's got planned in that sense. But what we do know, and remember we looked at that a few weeks ago, not what we don't know, but what we do know, that God is working things out for the good of those that love him. And I wonder whether you've ever thought this morning, or maybe in the past, that God's lied. Anybody ever thought that? You see, because when I look at the word, so often I can read it and then I think, well, hang on a minute. And don't think that you don't look like that. When you study the word, you go, surely not, that does not work. And then you read a little bit more and you start to study a little bit more and you go a little bit deeper and you start to understand that it's actually impossible for God to lie. Hebrews 6 and verse 18 tells us that. Rather, we as his children need to exercise faith more. And that isn't that we go, and, and forgive me again, but it's sort of we, we put the blind specks on and, and, and we just go ahead at it, flailing about, oh, God's got it, God's got it. And people think, oh, yeah, look at you. You ain't got a clue what's going off. No, <laughs> not at all. That as I read and as I study his word and as we read and we look into his word and we hunker down into this relationship with Christ, that we start to grasp and understand that he is in control, that he doesn't lie, that he doesn't make mistakes, that he doesn't get things wrong. And peace is found knowing that he is all about that. And Hebrews 11 and verse 1, he's all about love and care and affection for his children. He's all about protection for you and me. He's all about security. He's all about bringing the good for you and me. Not about the stuff that the world would tell us he's perhaps about. And Hebrews 11 verse 1, and we know the verse well, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. A wonderful verse. I had it on a bracelet for a number of years and then accidentally snapped it and, uh, and my faith dropped off with it. I'm joking. Making sure you're listening. Anybody listening? Hello. <laughs> Hebrews 11 verse 1, a wonderful part of scripture. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. And I am sure and I am certain that even though I can't see the outcome, that God's in control. And that's from the smallest detail of our lives to the real big things that we like to keep to ourselves. You've got them. You know what they are. You keep them to yourself. Don't keep them from God. We have to share We have to speak to him. We have to be open. Don't ever think that you can deal with that situation by yourself. Remember, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. God's in control. Trust him. Talk to him about it. Say, Lord, I don't get it. I'm struggling. I can't find the answer. And at that is that peace then that passes understanding, that we get a peace in our hearts that says... I've got this. Keep trusting. Keep under the shadow of my wing. The storm may come, but God is our sure foundation. You know, church too, that as people and as a church that would pursue peace, 
a, a church and a group of people that would aim to have peace with people, that if they came in and said, oh, you do this, you do that, oh, you're awful, you blah, 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 that we, we, we would take that in essence, we wouldn't cause trouble, but we would love them because there's obviously an issue there. But also as a church that we don't stand and just agree in church with things that aren't right, things that aren't uh, uh, in line with his word, things that are wrong. And, and that's exactly what Jesus did in the temple. He wasn't going to stand for that. He's a man who pursued peace. But what's the most important peace to have? Peace with God, isn't it? Because if you don't have peace with God, how can we have peace with anybody else? If we don't have peace there, how can we expect to live out peace in any other circumstance or situation with our life? And that's a real big challenge for us because often because of life, we sort of bring up this animosity with God. I ain't talking to him right now. We fell out. And we have to seek out that peace with him first. And then from that, we can have peace with others. And as Jesus brought about the fact that that wasn't going to work in the place of worship, that too, as his church, that we're not breaking peace when we say, no, that's not going to happen here. Or no, that's not acceptable at Hope Church. Not because I say so. Why? Because the word says so. That when we stand on the word of God, that that's where the peace of God comes in. That we're not breaking peace, but rather we're upholding peace. And remember, we see this so many times through the Israelites in in the Old Testament, that so often as they went on their walk with the Lord, that they would break peace with God and would receive no blessing at all. Don't think it's changed. God doesn't change. He's an unchanging God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So therefore, we have to seek peace. And firstly, we have to seek peace with God. You know, and that church is far more important than seeking peace with somebody who's doing something wrong or some people group who are doing things wrong, according to his word. Not our opinion, but what the word says. And Jesus talks right into that in that temple moment because he is the very prince of peace and would seem contrary to his name. And you go, well, there's a contradiction straight away. But no, he's seeking peace with his father first, peace for the people so that they could know what this true peace is. Peace with God is paramount as we do and as we live out our lives according to his word. And I want to finish, if I can, with this Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 and 2. Again, if you've got your Bibles with you, just turn to it um, and hopefully we can just look at this very quickly. And I'm only going to read it. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, again as Paul says here, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What a passage of scripture that we are justified through faith and we have peace with God. Why? How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, because of faith, we've gained access into that grace that you and I now sit in or stand in this morning. All because of Jesus. 
And that's where our peace comes from, living on mission, living according to his word, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard our hearts. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we just want to thank you that we are able, as children of the living God, saved because of the work of the cross, to be in peace. Father, that whatever life throws at us, whatever the storms come upon us, that we can know that we have the peace that passes understanding. Father, as we saw a few weeks ago, that we have joy because our names are in heaven. And our peace is based there. That we're on mission for you. That we're living out our lives for you. And may you just help us, Father God, to stand firm. To stand, uh, to stand strong in the storm. Father, to not get buffeted about by the waves. But to know the peace. To know that you're in control. Father, we pray for more faith. We pray for more wisdom. That as your people, as your children, that you would help us and strengthen us, guide us. So that we might know this peace. And it might rest on our hearts, knowing that you're in control. That I don't need to panic or flail about in the dark. But Father God, that you're fighting for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.